Hey guys, what's going on? It's Mike and Ron with Tackle Your Personal Best, the podcast where we talk about fishing. We're here tonight to discuss a few topics for beginners. Ron, how you been, man? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, you know, last weekend we were fishing, so uh, I think it's this week we need to chill inside and escape the heat and have, have a little fun. I hear that. Well, uh, mm. yeah, <laughs> we went fishing and uh, it didn't turn out so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, um, a couple things we overlooked. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things there. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into that later on uh, towards the end here. Um, well, for the people out there, why don't we go ahead and get started with you? Um, you know, last time we came on, we discussed a little bit about, you know, um, you know, the different types of... Uh, I'm having a brain fart. I can't even think of what. <laughs> it was the dog. Uh, dog dog uh, days of uh, summer. That's right. Summer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we discussed that so, last time, and and uh, you know we we're kind of regearing things a little bit here, and and you know moving to a little bit different uh, format, I guess. Um, so why well, don't we you... got a new we got a new new style. I mean, like right now, it's uh, we're transitioning to fall. Yeah. It's no longer miserable to go out and fish. So if you're a new fisher, I mean, this is the time, the time of the year to start. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Don't be idiots like us and go out and fish in the middle of freaking summer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. And like I said, we'll get into that later on. But they're there. We just have to find them. <laughs> we got to figure out what the hell they're eating. So, um so yeah, kind of, you know, with this one, we, we more wanted to get into, you know, a little bit about how we started fishing, you know, where we started, what we started with, saltwater, freshwater, things like that. So I'd say at this, uh, at this point, Ron, go ahead and take it away and let them know, you know, kind of tell them a little bit about your backstory of, you know, uh, well, how, my how background of fishing, my yeah. background of fishing is pretty simple. I grew up in Florida. <laughs> You know, so oh, three sides of our state is surrounded by water, um, plenty of canals, plenty of little lakes and ponds, and uh, it's just hard not to not to fish in Florida. Um, yeah, but I started off with saltwater fishing. You know, my grandfather uh, really started teaching me. You know, of course, I had my father and my uncle that would bring me out as well. Um, but yeah. It, it was something that was just kind of like passed down. I'm pretty sure it's the same with you. You know, you're dead and you go out all the time on a boat and fish. So, uh, um, but it wasn't until, uh, I don't know, uh, I think I was always kind of serious as I grew up saltwater fishing, but bass, freshwater fishing, way more technical. So I, I don't think I really got serious into it until about a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, I've done it, but never really dove deep and, figured them out you know, as much like i can go out and catch we've caught reds and snook and snap you know snap shit like that it, that that for us is a common thing uh, but to get proficient in freshwater fishing uh, and have a new passion for it that's i think that's what's re-sparked my passion is it's it's something technical and it was like okay all right this is not just simply dropping a line and we'll see what it'll bring up you know right yeah, yeah <laughs> you're targeting pacific fish right. so it's fun um yeah i mean that, that's pretty much my story i got you i got you well uh, a little bit of backstory about me um let's see and i might be a little long-winded on this one um started fishing when i was probably 
I don't know. My dad probably would know better than I would, but two or three um, saltwater fishing. You know, my dad's not a huge, as you know, not a huge freshwater guy. So <laughs> this weekend um, didn't help for the past weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, not a not a huge freshwater guy, but I mean that's okay. You know, he's he's more geared towards saltwater, and that's that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I started back when I was, I think two or three and, um, started out here. I mean, born and raised in Florida, just like you are, um, you know, left, lived in North Carolina for a little while, um, about, about 10 years and then, uh, came back. So, um, you know, did the saltwater thing, you know, mostly, um, uh, my grandfather did a little bit of fishing here and there. So, you know uh he he would you know kind of teach me things like i remember there i have a couple of pictures from when i was real young uh up in new jersey because my father's family is from new jersey um we would go up there i've been up there twice and when i was a kid i went up there and i've got pictures of me and my grandfather on the dock uh with a bunch of blue crab we were going to eat blue crab that night and we had caught them and and all that so you know, saltwater kind of runs in my blood and freshwater is something that I'm starting to get into more and more. Um, I'm definitely no professional. You know a hell of a lot more about it than I do. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's so much intricacy to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when I moved you know, grew up doing the saltwater thing, like I said, boats every, probably at least every weekend we went out and we were fishing. So, um, snook fishing, redfish, grouper, whatever we could catch, you know, that was, was biting and that was in within a legal limit, we would catch it, take it home and cook it up. So, um, from there, when the economy kind of fell apart down here, I moved up to North Carolina and, and started learning how to freshwater fish. Uh, with a bunch of the uh, good old boys up there. So I uh, kind of you know, did a couple of tournaments here and there. Um, nothing too fancy. Uh, you place? Yeah. What's that? Did you place? Oh, first place. First oh, place. sure. Okay. All the way, right? <laughs> it wasn't. Way okay, okay. But it wasn't. I'll, I'll give you this. It was not a legit 100% like that we're in a fishing tournament. This was a yeah. our boat versus your boat tournament that actually they still do every year. Oh, so, okay. That's cool. So it was something, it was an idea that I had that I had discussed with a, a friend of mine up there and it blossomed into this thing where, uh, I, I worked for, uh, a major tool manufacturer. Um, I, I guess I could say that Snap-on. I worked for Snap-on Power Tools. I was a machinist for them. So, a bunch of the guys up there, you know, a lot of them do fishing and stuff like that. So, went into it thinking, okay, well, you know, why don't we start up a tournament or something like that, and we'll, you know, best, you know, best, uh, best five if you can catch five. You know, our minimum I think was fourteen inches, and you know, whatever weight that you could get out of your best five. So. Kind of um, sticking into the same tournament rules, yeah, 14 yeah. inches above. Yeah, yeah, pretty much staying with within you know standard. So we did that. Of course, our boat won, and uh, 
I think I think it, I think we tipped the scales because my buddy um, Eugene he ended up with a I want to say like a two or a two and a half pound smallmouth, which was pretty mm-hmm. cool. So um, so we tipped the scales and it it ended up into this thing where every year, I think even a couple of times a year, they do this tournament and even the plant manager would even bring his boat out and start doing it you know the guy of all guys that's that works at that company or at least at that particular plant um but yeah that was cool but you know came learn something about you every day exactly uh came back got back into saltwater fishing and and uh and then really kind of honed in on freshwater fishing more because i can't stand fishing from a pier and I can't stop oh, yeah. fishing from, you know, the beach is okay. I don't mind fishing from the beach, but you can't really do that too much around here. It's kind oh, of too many private property, too many private beaches. Yeah. It's a suck. It's a situation. And the only places you can do it are shitty. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> our um, area. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I kind of honed in on, on the freshwater fishing a little bit more and wanted to really work on that. Uh, until eventually I get a boat. Me and you linked or, up. Or you get, yeah, I mean, me and you linked up and, and we, we really dove into this really deep starting this business and, you know, starting Tactically Personal Best and PV Bates and everything oh, yeah. like that. So, but it's been a fun adventure and, you know, and, and, you know, I, I kind of cut it short on that, but, you know, it, I think, like I said, I was, I grew up down here. I grew up saltwater fishing. When I joined the military, I was stationed in Kentucky, you know, and, I, there, there was really nothing but, you know, freshwater fishing. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. big lakes and stuff like that. Um, and when I said like I only really honed in on it the last couple of years, I really started diving in into the technicality of things. I still went out fishing. I, you know, I remember catching rainbow trout off of uh, little little drop offs, little waterfall drop offs, you know, and stuff like that. Just, right. you know, I was learning learning things as I go. You know, it wasn't until I moved back here that kind of piqued my interest though when i was in kentucky i was catching different fish than i'm normally it's a freshwater it's a whole different game um but still wasn't you know I, I i think when i picked up freshwater fishing i kind of tackled the same way i did saltwater right you know you you, you just kinda, it, but it, it's really hard to do that you know it's you're talking you know the earth versus the moon you know <laughs> like two different things you know so uh it, you know it was it wasn't until i got down back over here really certain you know and like you said you don't want to go to a dock you don't want to do a pier you don't i mean you end up catching more cats than anything off of that. yeah so uh, you know i transitioned over to especially when i moved down here in naples we have a lot more fresh water around us than we have the closest saltwater fishing yeah <laughs> but um so i kind of really started digging in more because i mean i have a pond in my backyard filled with bass and and a snook which pictures approved but (laughs) there's a snook in there did not catch it uh (laughs) i still do not believe that that came out of your fucking pond (laughs) i have a i have a 34 inch snook in my freshwater pond the pond is about an uh, a little a little shy of an acre wouldn't you say like uh, probably yeah. like three quarters of an acre pond it gets it's 20 feet deep right now <laughs> when it gets in the drought it's about 11 feet deep Jeez. and yeah it's a 34 inch snook in here and no one believes it 
only only and i didn't believe it until i got out there i, I literally told tony because i wasn't the one that caught it and you know i was fishing my own pond for like three years and never even caught the thing um but when he yeah, caught it on a freshwater lure too didn't he no he caught it on a saltwater lure it was a mullet oh that's right yeah i remember you telling me that yeah yeah so he caught that bitch on that it was a segmented segmented lure with treble hooks on it and he 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 didn't he fought to even get it up on shore his son comes roll i was inside I, you know, I forget what i was doing i was inside and his son comes rolling up banging on the back door like he's police my dad caught a huge fish i'm like yeah i know there's big bass in there so. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say snook i go out there and i have a little snip of a video that i took but right at the like end of that video you can hear me almost say like and i did say it to him like man you pulled that out of a cooler bro <laughs> <laughs> i was i could not believe like the how big that was but you can clearly see in that picture it's no longer silver with a black stripe it's it looks like a, a like a hybrid bass because how dark it is in my waters you know yeah, yeah absolutely uh, it's been living there for a minute you know but yeah I, you know i like like i said freshwater kind of rejuvenated my fishing really sparked in my interest because it's really technical um and if you want a challenge i mean definitely and if you want something that's it's one thing when you go on a charter and you're like we're gonna go catch grouper you know or right. something like that but like when you dock fish or even some most of the times you go on a boat you don't know what you're targeting you're you're, you're hoping you get that you know yeah um but with freshwater fishing you're targeting well, well down here we have less we have largemouth bass we don't really have smallmouths. we do have peacocks down here um tilapia bluegill mayans uh, cichlids and stuff like that so it's not like you're fishing in you know like any of the great lakes where you have pike and walleye and stuff like that so you really are targeting one fish um and and i think having that like competitive side to me a little bit interests me more in the bass because you are really just honing in on one thing and you know unlike saltwater if you're having a bad day out on freshwater you're not catching nothing yeah <laughs> saltwater if you're not catching the target fish you're catching something yeah you're, <laughs> so. you're always bringing something to the boat whether it's a catfish or a snapper mm -hmm. or even at, when we went out a couple of weeks ago well, actually, it was probably about a month or so ago now. Um, we went out, and uh, a friend of mine, actually, that I work with now, uh, he ended up catching a pinfish. Believe right. it or not, he caught a freaking pinfish uh, on a hook, probably about, I don't know, probably a one or a one or two aught hook, and he caught a, a pinfish that was probably about three four inches long maybe something like that which i thought like was how? interesting so yeah yeah how? but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it, it's you're you're always bound to catch something if you don't catch something on salt water then something's wrong with you um <laughs> so but well, yeah. gee mike well we're giving our gut reviewers some some confidence there. <laughs> <laughs> well, i've been salt water fishing i haven't caught shit so you think you know, i should go bass fishing <laughs> yes <laughs> give it a try you know, yeah. because you can learn so much technique from bass fishing and freshwater fishing that you can transfer over to saltwater fishing. I mean, jigging. That is and, true. And and things like that, you know, fishing the, the water columns and things. Like, it's stuff that you don't think about. Like, you know, mm -hmm. my dad, my dad's been fishing 
you know, for, I don't know, his entire life. And, you know, he go, he has a go-to standard that he uses, which is a barrel egg sinker, uh. a live shrimp, throw it out there and wait. And then the other one is using a cork um, and having them suspend. So those are kind of like his two typical uh, go-to, you know, throws for saltwater. Whereas with freshwater, you know, you have to fish that upper, that middle, and that lower column to find where they are. And once you find them, you're on them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that applies also to uh, saltwater as well is, is, you know, finding where they're at. I mean, they can be a little bit more sporadic and chaotic just because they have such, a, I think, a more, um, a, a larger area to roam. So I think they can be a little bit more sporadic. Plus, you've got your tides and and your windage and you know things. Like I always that compare also. freshwater saltwater to like the highway versus a small town. Right. You know, what I mean, like you, you know, think of the traffic of those two. You know, if you got a town that's like 500 people strong, I mean, you're not going to have highway traffic unless you're going and there's a reason for it you know like your salt water is you like you said with tides and everything it's like a highway there's rush hour two times of the day and that's kind of what saltwater fishing is you got two times of the day where it's really freaking good fishing so saltwater is definitely your your highway where freshwater is going to change based off the mood you know what i mean like your temperature, your, your biometric pressure, your water temperatures, not just, and I said temperature twice because it is true. It's outside temperature and water temperature. And we're in that column. There's just so much. And you're right. You get out of this rut of just, I even find myself like, uh, I mean, yes, I've changed over the years with the way I saltwater fish. I would use poppers, uh, what your dad does. I've even made my own leaders and and made like Christmas tree lines off of it and baited like six different hooks on one like line and cast it and just sat there and drank five beers, (laughs) you know, but uh, I think it changes, but this kind of forces you out of your comfort zone and it really does teach you different techniques. And and it it has proven itself when we went out saltwater fishing and this is about a year back now. uh, But when we went out saltwater fishing out in 10,000 islands, look at the yield we had we had we we actually ran out of baits to catch snook well you more than me (laughs) i mean you were slamming i don't know it had to have been those damn nail weights that you were putting in the damn flukes but um yeah i mean you were just slamming them and i mean i i was getting some but i mean i think the one thing yeah the one thing that gets me about that trip is you caught a fucking redfish and i didn't get one <laughs> i caught a jack i caught snook i caught redfish i caught snapper i caught and there was and you gotta realize there is two times that i lost a line something hit my pole so hard and snapped the line yeah like when i was on the two times so something huge i hooked on to something huge can't even say what it was but so i had something big you know and it was, and I think it's because I was trying so many different techniques um, to go back into a little bit of a back history of us. You know, Mike is, not to pick on him, he's very comfortable in his ways. 
and uh, I'm the type come of person's on, like, come on, come oh. on now. I'm always over there to like, you need to try this, you need to try. I am, and you know what? I am the researcher. I like, I find I'm always trying something new. And there, there's times that he, Mike, lately has been killing it on the freshwater game. He's been killing it. And there's times that he's like, you, you need to throw what I'm using. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna keep using this. Uh, my <laughs> mindset, <laughs> my mind, and he has been leading me in the bass fishing right now. He's got me beat numbers this past year so um but that's not your fault necessarily though you can't just give me all this credit i mean you just, well, you just had a, a child last october you've been you know yeah. the married life and the you know having kids and things like that you know that's there's variables <laughs> that stuff is definitely more important than going out and trying to catch fish but for me you know yeah i've got a son i have a girlfriend you know I have, but you know, see, I have time to really be able to do that. My son is nine years old. Your son is like nine months old. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, 10 or 11. Actually, he's 11 months now. Um, yeah. He's 11 months old, you know, so there's a big, big age gap there where, you know, if my son doesn't want to go, he can just stay home, you know? Yeah. He can stay with Melissa or, you know, He's getting now to the point where if I'm just fishing across the street, he can stay in his room. You know, he's got his yeah. his phone and whatever that he can call me if he needs me. So. I'm waiting for those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I got to say, you can't give me all the credit there because it's not, you know, you have your priorities. I have my priorities. And, you know, they they vary in certain areas. So, you know, I can't sit here and say, oh, I've I've done even though I give you shit and I bust your balls all the time about it. I, I don't really mean it. So um, he'll, he'll call me and be like, guess what I'm doing? I'm like, I'm like fishing, aren't you? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, fucking hate you. But no, I mean, it, you know, I am the type of person that I don't care if I catch a damn thing. I'll get this new bait in and be like, oh, I'm really excited to use it, and I'll try it. I mean, even though they say they're like, oh, like you know, you read, you'll you'll watch YouTube videos. Of course, you're going to if you're trying to dive into any kind of fishing or especially freshwater. You're going to have frustrating days in the water and going, what the hell am I doing wrong? Right. Um, I go out in the water and there's time, like I said, you're catching them left and freaking right off of a, you know, your your worm, your whatever color, whatever it may be at that time. And you're like, oh, yeah, look, it's number three. It's number three. And I'm sitting there still <laughs> casting and trying different things. And you're like, why don't I put on that? Well, it's because I want to see if he's catching them on that. Okay, cool. I know he's catching them. I know they're biting that. Yeah. What else, though? What else are they going to bite? So there's times that I, I purely am caught thick-headed. But I'm out there fishing the things that I want to see if they're going to bite it. You never know when you're going to undercover. Like, I'm going to expose this new trick. In this time of year you know i may be wishful thinking but i'd say I it's, it's a that. little bit of wishful thinking because bass fishing has been around a hell of a lot longer than you and i both have so um but it's still evolving but it's it's the fun of it it's the fun of it what can what can i throw that is going to cause these things these freaking I, I, what are fish are they reptiles or you know i mean they got scales but these they're cold-blooded they are but these these freaking animals 
these things what the hell animals. are animals what are they biting on you know and you know as well as i do that the the worm game is year round that's why oh, yeah. i throw it because yeah. i know no matter what i'm guaranteed nine times out of ten at least one fish at least yeah. one fish and that makes and good thing we're, we're going to get into that though too yeah. because yeah. and in a little bit of background guys is um i'm i i like to play both sides here but i'm a power fisherman at heart i have become over the years more of a generalist and what i mean by that is like I am not afraid to try a finesse, even though that's not my my game. Mike here is a finesse fisher. You give him a medium pole and some light ass mono line, and he'll fucking work magic with it. Uh, <laughs> me, I'm putting braid on that, and my theory is I'm gonna pull it out of my way if I get stuck. If I can't, you know, just cut the line and just freaking starting over again, you know. But um, I'm not afraid to try those different techniques. Actually, I, I find joy in, like I just said, find joy in trying to find something that they're going to bite. I love finding new gear. I am the techie guy. I will. I, I have a shit ton of tech and a shit ton. My wife, I, I swear, sometimes wants to strangle me because of how much bait <laughs> I'm buying. You know, but I'm like, oh, this one, this looks good. I'm, I bet it's going to catch a fish. <laughs> yeah, I'm always on reading articles, watching videos. Um, like that is my pastime even at work i'll i'll put on my headphones put on a youtube channel and just listen to it and and, and just keep working i am what you call obsessed <laughs> very very much so obsessed yeah. <laughs> when i tell you this man calls me at 6 30 in the morning to discuss fishing to discuss business to discuss a, a freaking you know, wild ass hook that he found or a wild ass bait that he found six 30 in the morning. I'm getting up, I'm taking a shower. I'm getting ready to go to work. And this fucking guy is calling me to want to talk about this. And then on top of that, he's sending me shit when I'm getting ready to go to bed at night, <laughs> I go to bed at, at nine 30, 10 o'clock. And he's texting me till midnight. Cause he found a new bait or something like that. Which speaking of which you did to me, I think last night or something like that. You had me watch. Oh, yeah. But, um, Send something to you. I'm always sending something. Oh yeah. And it's not oh, just yeah. you. Don't, don't feel like I'm sending you out. I got, I got people who are like, Hey Ron, what's the next lure for this? I, like I got people I've sent out. I, I and I'm, it, I'm gonna say this, but it's probably gonna haunt me. But I have coworkers and shit that I'm like, it's not just you. I'll send them the the wind charting, the biometric pressures. Like when I read it, I'm like, oh, so and so likes to know this. So and so likes to know this. It's probably gonna get to the point where there's too many people that I'm doing that for, and I'm just yeah. gonna be like, okay, I stop. <laughs> but I can't fish, so I want someone else to have fun doing it. So I'm out there. I give. It's not just you that I'm doing that to. I don't call everyone, but I will send them text messages. Maybe not at six thirty at twelve o'clock. You're the only one that gets that special treatment. <laughs> but I am like oh always looking up new stuff. Um, and I want to try new things. So I, I guarantee you that will never change in my career uh, of fishing. Never, never, never going to change. And I'm, I'm just going to have a, I'm going to have to buy another house to hold all my poles and all my reels and <laughs> all my bait. And, you know, I, it, we'll, we'll make it a company right off. How about that? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to, you know, you hear, uh, uh, what's his name off? Uh, um the tackle tackle warehouse guy carl or no 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 whatever. that's that's uh catchco mystery tackle box 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What's what's his name? Yeah. Carl. Vid, uh, Carl Von yeah. Is it Carl? Yeah. Vondable. That is. I sent a. I sent a video to Mike and go. Oh my God. Watch this. I know you guys are gonna pick on me about this <laughs> because it, it's literally me. I know that's a fictional character, but that is me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, let's get Buying into this. Off uh, the black market. <laughs> yeah, let's get into this a little bit. Um, we'll go over kind of what we had originally decided to come in, come in, and come on for. Um, so we kind of wanted to do a little bit of like a uh, uh, an intro into fishing, or like a beginner's type of tackle box, or something like that. Um, so basically, getting right into it. Um, What's my budget? So let's say, you know, if somebody's got a budget of, say, $150. Yeah, okay. Gears are turning. Okay. All right. So they've got 150 bucks, and they say, oh, well, I want to get into this. I want to try fishing for myself. It seems fun. You know, I see other people doing it all the time. You know, this is something that I really think that I would enjoy. And they say, oh, you know, paydays on Friday or paydays for you on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, say paydays on Friday. I'm going to buy some stuff. I want to go to Bass Pro. I want to go to uh, Dick's or, or uh, Dick's Sporting. Your sporting storage, whatever it may exactly. be. Exactly. Walmart, wherever you want to go. And they like go it can even there, be Walmart. Do what? Don't exclude Walmart. There are some baits there that I've gotten and bought I'm, there that I haven't seen anywhere. Believe me, I've... I know. <laughs> you have told Walmart me. hero, right? <laughs> so, so getting into this, um, so for the beginner's tackle box, kind of as a little bit of a list of things that we came up with, you know, that you would need right off the bat. No, you don't need a $150,000 boat. No, you don't need $10,000 worth of gear like Ron has. All you need is 150 bucks. You pick up this gear that we're going to list here in a few minutes, and we'll even give you a few options here and there just to kind of get your wheels turning a little bit. So and I'm not saying that $150, I won't use it, even though I'm a gearhead. This is stuff I started with. Absolutely. You know, if you get excited about it and you want to dive in like, you know, me, then go ahead. Have fun at it, you know. Yeah. You know um, the, more, the, the, the more money you want to spend in this sport – sometimes the better off you will be because you will you will have that edge you'll you'll be ahead of the rest now learning how to use that gear is a whole different ball of wax so uh so for the first thing that's on the list here we have some kind of a back backpack or a tackle container or something like that and basically you just want something to hold all of your gear that's pretty simple there's there's not a whole lot to it there are literally hundreds of if not thousands of tackle boxes and tackle bags and things like that out there on the market that you can go, you can go and pick up. Um, one of the things I'm, that I had, I do want to bring up on that. I do want to bring something up on that. You don't have to buy something like expensive either. I have a friend that uses an actual backpack, a school backpack, you know, oh, yeah. so, you know, use your old, your kids old school backpack. You just need something to hold shit. <laughs> Absolutely. So Absolutely. If, if you're looking for cheap, but if you want to buy something, Mike has some shit. The he, he's already found. Well, and and you know, for me, I've been doing this for a while. You know, I've been fishing like I gave my whole backstory, my entire life, freshwater, saltwater, whatever, doesn't matter. I have literally a twelve by eight by probably. 
seven inch deep tackle box and that carries everything for me i don't need anything else i'm a finesse uh, guy i have all uh, <laughs> you be quiet uh, <laughs> yeah coming from no the bro guy... you need your work box you need a work truck to carry all your baits bro yeah right coming from the guy that uses toolboxes for his freaking tackle stuff um but anyway all like over I, my son yeah <laughs> so like i was saying um you know i i carry around just a basic tackle bag um you know there's there's not a whole lot to it i don't have a boat or anything like that i'm just like most of you out there um you know where i started out with the same stuff that i'm using now you know i didn't mm -hmm. i didn't need a bunch of fancy you know different types of things whereas ron on the other hand him being a gearhead then there's nothing wrong with this he just likes to get the next and next greatest and best thing so well and that's a good thing though because you're going to hear two different perspectives here you're going to hear absolutely. the one that went we and, and the nice thing and not saying it's like the the, the hare and the tortoise we but in that race they both started at one point you could either choose to stay and keep it simple and that definitely freaking works definitely works to keep it simple but then there's also the person that just runs ahead and gets everything freaking out of their mind, you know, just like, you know, here, every paycheck, I'm going to dump this much money into it, you know, so that's you don't think you, <laughs> yeah, don't think you have to spend money in it. I'm, I, I'm not an advocate for dumping. You don't need thousands of dollars to catch fish that, you know, you think back 50 years. There wasn't that much stuff. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. No, a lot of people. A lot of people back, at, you know, back in those times and things like that. They didn't even have reels and rods. They had cane poles that they were still yeah. fishing. You know, the mountain people and stuff like that, fishing in them lakes up in North Carolina and Georgia and Tennessee and stuff like that. They they were fishing with cane poles with you know, twenty feet of line on it. So, you know, you don't. And sometimes I still like to do that saltwater fishing. I spear fish. I, I do. Oh, I yeah. do all forms of fishing. All Absolutely. forms of fishing. All right, know, so, I just it's not limited to that. So just an option here uh, to go over this: uh, the Ozark Trail 370 large. Um, it is 36 bucks, 37 bucks. So it's you know under 40 dollars. You can pick that up somewhere at like Walmart or whatever. That is a good starter bag that that you know you can get out there and, and hold everything that you need. Whether you want to do soft plastics, whether you want to do hard baits, whether you want to fish the upper the, the mid and the lower column it doesn't matter um the next thing that we wanted to point out on the list was having a wide variety of baits will definitely help you not only learn how everything works and how you're supposed to you know reel these things and and you know moving the baits along and and you know how to cast it you know things like that having a wide variety of baits and actually learning how to use them that is a very key thing as far as starting in here and 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 trying to you know do this beginner freshwater and even saltwater fishing i mean you can do artificials with saltwater just as much as you can with freshwater so oh yeah so having no uh, no and it, that's when we found out snook candy our snook candy exactly we might tell that secret later but no, our won't. snook candy we ran out of baits <laughs> what you, t you we, just started we are not telling that 
at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is our bread and butter. Shut up. <laughs> we may get that back later. <laughs> uh, next thing next thing on the list here is uh, a, a good set of polarized sunglasses. You don't have to get two hundred and fifty dollar you know expensive sunglasses or anything like that. My I think we can use the same ones. My sunglasses right here, um, you know, for me, they were a little bit more on the expensive side. I'm not talking hundreds. I'm talking like 30 bucks. You know, that's for plastic here. You know, that's kind of expensive for a piece of plastic. But the point is, is that they're polarized, which means they will help you see down into those water columns where those fish are. So that's another key thing that you may want to think about picking up. You can pick up a pair for 5 10 maybe 15 bucks. You don't need to spend 30 bucks. You don't need to spend $50. You don't need to spend $200. It doesn't matter. No. As long as they're polarized and you know that they're polarized, they're going to help you catch fish. And really with the polarized glasses, you're going to be able to, like you said, cut through the water. Um and, and try this out. If you doubt us at any minute, if you li if it's raining outside um, and it's still daylight, I'm not saying do this at night. Right? There's no light at night. Um, but during the midday light here in Florida, it rains constantly. Mm. Um, I drive when it's raining with polarized glasses on. I can see the cars and the taillights and everything a lot better. I'm oh, not yeah. talking. I'm talking about like 20% better here just, because we have we, we we wear the same glasses. So there's times that I can justify buying a lot of techie gear and maybe I'll start diving into some new glasses and shit like that. Um, I have definitely spent hundreds of dollars on glasses before, but I usually break them and that's why I was like, fuck it, $30. Oh, exactly. <laughs> why, why spend that kind of money if you're just going to break them or lose them anyway? Especially yeah. if you're going out on the boat, those things will fly right off your hat or fly right off your head or something like that if you don't have some kind of a leash on them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, don't don't go out there and spend a whole bunch of money unless you want to. If you want to, by all means, do it. Um, so, next thing that we have on our list here, do what? Fishing poles? Uh, no, not fishing poles, not yet. Um, oh, okay, I'm getting excited of, for the fishing poles. <laughs> <laughs> a good pair of pliers. That is another key thing that will help you out there on the water um, and on the bank and wherever it is that you're going. Uh, being able to get those hooks out. You know, there has been numerous times that I have gone out, you know, set the hook on a fish and it swallows it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you've got the, the shank of the hook is sticking out of its throat and it's barbed up into its throat and you don't know what the hell to do. If you don't have a good pair of pliers, you're going to have a hard time trying to get that hook out number one and number two if you keep that fish out of water for too long and you try tugging on that thing and tugging out of their throat they're gonna die which is yeah. not good we're ron and i are both very uh heavy advocates for conservation of any outdoor activity uh, you know fishing in particular because that's our that's our business so you know just if you're not gonna eat it make sure it goes back alive exactly exactly don't just toss it into the water either that's one thing that i that i've seen i've seen on tiktok and and things like that that pisses me off to no end is these guys take these largemouth bass they're good bass they're they're you know some some of them are two and three pounders and they just whip them into the air that's bullshit don't ever do that that's 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 a good way for somebody to watch you and get your ass kicked 
don't do that. No, it's, it's just a sport. It's a sport, just, it's it's a sport man. You know, if you're like I said, if you're not going to eat it, take care of it. I mean, that that fish is going to grow and get bigger, and it's going to bite your hook another time. Absolutely. You know, and that's another fit. So you know, um, my pond and my backyard is strictly uh, catch and release, unless it's tilapia, Mayan bluegill. But my game fish is strictly catch and release because you know what? <clears throat> Imagine four years from now. You know, yeah, we're going to be pulling up some monsters. They're going to be a little bit bigger. <laughs> you know, and that's the sport of it. So, uh, you know, and go on to his pliers things. I started off stealing my grandfather's uh, pliers, needle noses. Um, <laughs> I think I've got a couple of pair of my dad's in my toolbox somewhere, too. I started stealing them. Uh, how I managed to keep them good because they're not aluminum. They're not like, hang on, you know, hang on, it, hang on. Disclaimer here. Don't steal your grandfather's or your father's pair of pliers pliers <laughs> you will get pissed and kick your ass <laughs> yeah where the hell are my needle noses uh, i don't know <laughs> oops but, what i used to do to keep my hook uh, my like you know car needle noses safe was i would soak a rag in wd-40 and every in and roll it up in there um some will say that's that's scent and it's all over my hands but they'll last longer especially if you're going to be around the water um just keep it in a, in a rag of wd-40 so you don't have to go out if you're trying to skimp some money right off the bat and like look dude i only have 150 dollars you can get away with your, your 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 child's old backpack who cares it has ninja turtles on it or barbie <laughs> you know who cares um right you're, you're gonna mostly lay that thing down it's holding bait it's gonna get nasty uh, spray paint if you want to who cares um and then use the Use the pliers that you're coming out. Maybe you have some in the toolbox uh, to work on cars. You're not going to ruin it if you take good care of it. So make sure you take it out and just wipe it down. We've all started this way. There's times and places you can cut some angles there and save some money. Uh, we're definitely trying to appeal to that brand new fisher right now in this video. So um, yeah. don't be afraid um, of using stuff you already have. Just maintain it. Absolutely. Um, if if you are interested in buying a pair of pliers, you know, ours again with Ozark Trail, Ozark Trail uh, has an eight inch set of pliers. They have good points to them. Um, they're, you know, under $10 for a pair of pliers. And we're not sponsored by Walmart. No, we're not sponsored by any of these brands. These are just brands that we decided to look up and, and, you know, give some options to people to be able to get out there on the water and go fish. So again, Ozark Trail eight, eight inch pliers. They're less than ten bucks. You can go pick them up, and you've got yourself yourself a set of good pliers. Um, next on the list that we have a good pair of scissors. We're not going to spend too much time on this because it's pretty much self-explanatory. Make sure they're sharp. You don't need a big, huge, clunky set. Get a little pair of. Uh, uh, craft scissors or something like that just make sure that they're sharp you need to be able to cut your lines different lines and things like that if you're using braided line or whatever the case may be it needs to be able to cut through it um, uh, and a tip on that as well and i'll, I'll i'm always adding any tips on that steal your kids you go to school who cares they got rounded off tips it doesn't need to be pointy tip uh when you're cutting braid put some tension on it it'll cut just fine with like ball pairs of scissors or anything else like that yeah you're cutting plastic you don't need fancy like cook wheels uh, cookware uh, you know oh i can cut through a bone with this you don't need it a yeah. pair of 
child safe scissors will work if you have whatever else use what you have yeah you can go out and buy that stuff you know so it's, it's super cheap absolutely so getting to the nitty-gritty the part that ron likes the best rod and reel a good pole and a good reel this is where we're going to have divided you're going to hear i agree with everything on mike up to this point <laughs> absolutely because there are differences out there on what you can get there are uh, uh, medium light finesse rods there are mediums there are medium heavies there are heavies there are extra heavies there are all ultra lights ultra lights there are all different types of of poles and rods that you can pick up now reels on the other hand if you're sticking with say a uh, a spinning reel or something like that you know pretty much just about any spinning reel will do um you know you don't want to cheap out too much with a spinning reel because it will fall apart make sure it has a good um uh, anti-reverse in it where it's a continuous anti-reverse you don't want yeah. something that's that's got you know different places in the re in the reverse where the handle catches and if you do go out and buy one of those reels you'll find out really quickly you'll lose a fish very fast if you don't have infinite anti-reverse so uh for me i'm a finesse guy i like to finesse fish i fish with worms I fish with, you know, grubs, things like that, uh, creature baits, what have you. Most of my arsenal consists of soft plastics. I have some hard baits here and there. I've got some frogs, things like that. But most of what I use is going to be the finesse stuff. That's what I'm comfortable with. Just like Ron said earlier, that's what I use. So for me, on my side of things, we have the Luz Xfinity XJ. It is a six foot medium combo. It's 50 bucks. You can go and pick up this spinning rod. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, loses good brand. My, my brand new pole that actually Ron got for me, got me for my birthday is a lose brand. There's nothing wrong with lose at all. That'll be a good starter rod and reel. If you're going to do finesse fishing for a medium uh. size. The next now one, I will I will put a yeah I will say something on that a lot of your combos when you're buying a reel and combo you're going to be looking on that pole and it's going to tell you ounces of line or like you know what strength of line and ounces it can handle um, I I have noticed more and more now um, and it's probably been like this forever but uh, I am just noticing since I've really dove in deep um, that they don't really oh hold on real quick i want to charge one. i'm about to lose battery on my uh, computer because i did not plug it in um go back on this a lot of your poles do not specify what strength it is anymore i i don't know i have a couple combos that do not even specify the power the power of your pole whether it's fast action or whatever. they might say fast action or uh, you know moderate action or whatever but they're not saying medium medium heavy medium light they're not doing that um so a good way to tell if you're getting a medium to a medium heavy uh or ultra light or a medium light is take that pole hold it out in front of you and whip it 
if that if that pull has a lot of play in it and it's doing this you're more if it's really whipping you got a you got a medium light if it's eh on the tip and it's moving a lot on the tip you got a medium if it's almost staying pull sturdy and it's doing one of these things uh, you got a medium heavy so that's a good way to kind of gauge it that's a good point. your strength of your pull you yeah. know so l let me tr plug in my computer you go on the next thing that I have on my list of things, um, the Abu Garcia Black Max combo. This is a bait caster. This is not something that you want to start off with so much. Um, if you have more than 150 bucks and you want to go out there and you want to get two rods and reels and you want to get one that's a spinner and you want to get one that's a bait caster, Abu Garcia has been a name in the industry for a very long time. There's nothing wrong with that brand as well. Again, we're not sponsored by any of these brands. We're just putting them out there because, you know, they're a solid price for somebody who's just getting in there. Um, yeah, I'm a big pin and Shimano person, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the Black Max, I own one. I own a rod and reel combo. It cost me like 40 bucks when I bought it or something like that. Um, it was a good beginner uh, uh, baitcaster combo for me to use. The biggest thing that you have to worry about when it comes to bait casting is backlash. And that's something that, you know, Google that basically. Google what fishing backlash is or uh, a bait caster backlash. You will find out real quick what a backlash is and you will learn how to take it out, how to fix it, things like that. Watch a YouTube video on how to do it. I'm not saying that you should go and pick up a bait caster right away. Just because of that issue, you will get frustrated, you will get pissed off, you will throw that pole on the ground, and you will walk away, and you will not want to fish ever again if you're sitting there trying to run with a baitcaster right off the rip. Definitely. Start. I think if you're going to start with a baitcaster, you need to have a spinning reel. You just need to. If you're going to start, if, if you're day one fishing, if you're coming in here and you're like, okay, I've never really fi I've fished a couple of times when my friends gave me a pole and stuff like that. When people lend you a pole, like, trust me, if you say, oh, I've never fished before, I'm not giving you a baitcaster. I'm just not going to give you one. So if you fish with people before and like, oh, I fished, they're handing you a spinning reel. Or even those like little old Zebco freaking push button you know simple use for, I, I don't even know what those are there's they're a spinning reel right i think it's a it's called a spin caster okay the yeah, old, yeah the old push button uh style yeah yeah um yeah those those are those are as simple as it gets but i'm not saying get those um <laughs> no if, if you really want to learn how to you know whether it's freshwater or saltwater if you really want to learn how to get down and, and dirty with fishing use a spinning rod period yeah that is yeah, i'm not that is i'm not using big caster on salt water exactly that is everybody's go-to they make them in multiple multiple sizes um you know you can pair it up with just about any rod that you pick up i wouldn't say you know go out and get a six thousand size reel and put it put it on a medium light that would be kind of ridiculous that's ridiculous but um but you, you get an ocean point. rig on a on a medium light. Exactly. Um, <laughs> trying to catch a shark with a reel, but you're trying to catch a baby fish with a pole. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, you know, as far as line, now this is something, Ron. I know. Whoa, 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 wh
We're still on those rod and reels. I'm gonna rewind on that. We're not even. That's right. Into that's the, right. You have yours that you have to go over. I forgot about. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. We're 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 coming off of this one's perspective. So we, I, I'm gonna dive in on this. This might be something where I take a little time. All right. I am. If you haven't said, figured it out, Ron talks a lot. Now a lot. you think that I talk a lot. This guy never shuts up. <laughs> no, never. All right. So to go back onto how like the pull tension. All right. So if your pull is, if you're like I said, you're at the store and you grab a reel. If you're trying to, you know, these combos are great. If you buy a combo, cool. All right. You can get away with that. If you want to buy the reel and the pull separate, and you're trying to figure out what the hell you're doing with it, as long as you stay with a a decent mark. Let's say you're spending over thirty to forty bucks on the reel maybe about the same for the pole um, and you're trying to figure out what the hell you're doing like at just first glance don't worry about the, the gear ratio as much uh and don't worry about the ball bearing on the on the reel you know spin at least 30 or more on the reel i have bought and he said in unlimited reverse i have bought combos out there that are 20 bucks and they broke after a month or two of use um so uh, they have plastic parts inside of them. Um, these things, I mean, even us being, we're both both plumbers. Um, so there is a difference between Home Depot and, you know, the, the manufacturer, the heart, you know, Ferguson, if you don't know, you're not plumbing, but they're like the showroom of stuff. So that's the equivalent of buying like Vizio to Sony. <laughs> like, you know. Hey man, there ain't nothing things. wrong with Vizio. I got the 70 on the wall in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just, it's this thing. So there is a point where your, your, your money does pay for itself. Uh, when you get above that 30, $40 mark, you're starting to get some aluminum gears, um, some stuff that's not going to rust away. Um, so stainless steel options, not all plastic insides. Uh, so stick away from that. Spend a little bit money on your reel. You can spend more money on, uh, like my rule of thumb, if I buy a $200 reel, I'm spending one third of the cost on a pole, usually. Usually, I, it doesn't mean I have to pat, uh, match the cost on it. You can get away with a cheaper pull than you can on a reel. Your reel is your engine of everything. Um, so you can put a little bit of money on the pull versus that. Now, with the, the flex of the pull, if it's bending at the very first couple of eyes, the one or two eyes, it's a medium light medium light it's a super light pole ultra light if it's meeting if it's bending in the more the center of the pole it's a medium if it if the first two eyelets are moving that's a medium heavy to kind of give you an idea of what you're looking for on a pole well if and, you're going to be finesse fishing and let's let's kind of wind that back just a touch what he means by the first two eyelets so the medium light the large and this this is um pretty universal when it comes to bait casters or spinning rods the first two eyes are typically the ones closer to the butt of the pole the yeah. the largest ones typically uh the middle ones obviously you would know where those are and then the ones at the very tip of the rod are the ones that he's talking about for the medium heavy just wanted to clarify that a little bit because you did say one and two and then one and two <laughs> yeah yeah all right but like i said we had kind of think of what kind of fish are you, are you going to want to slow move 
you know, if you're going to be slow moving and you're going to be there, because there is limitations in the pole. And, you know, even though, you know, I, I believe a medium heavy is like the universal pole for everything um, when it comes to bass, because you're not fishing for shark. You're not fishing for those 120 pound fish, tarpon and stuff like that. So to go extreme heavy, you know, is we're, it's over. There are times. Yeah, it's overkill, but there are times for it. There yes. are times for it. But this is the person that we're, 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 again, we're talking about day one. What can you use universally? And you're getting a good two perspective here. A power fisherman that fishes way different than when Mike. I catch more fish on a swim, jerk, fin uh, like even my more finessiles are jerk baits, like flukes and stuff like that. Um, that's still kind of technically, for, he is more of a worm guy and he's caught way more worm uh, fish on a worm than I have ever had. But I've caught more fish than him on my swims and flukes and, and things like that, jigs and stuff. So um, you have limitations per pole so ask yourself what kind of fisher are you <laughs> yeah you heard that yeah. um ask what kind of self what kind of fishing are you going to do what do you you know it, what are you going to levitate to you know um it doesn't mean you have to stick to that i mean we're talking about if you're going to own one pole for a year or two so if you're going to own that one pole for a while, you know, what kind or what are you going to stick to? What can you do the most with? What are you going to be using it for? Um, we're going to talk about a couple a rig and what line uh, and what bait to kind of stick to that can do so many things. But what are you going to be doing with it? Um, that, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, so if you're fishing top water, middle, middle column, um, it, you're going to be fishing top water, even bottom middle column. Let's just go through the whole damn thing. It, you know, you could, I say a medium heavy because that is that middle point. It's literally, I feel like that, that is the half inch mark. You know, you got, you, you're going to have some struggles doing more of the finesse stuff, but your top water middle column stuff, you're going to be you're going to have better luck with like jigging even on the bottom uh, jigging and stuff um when you have that stiffer pole and you're fishing a jig with an exposed hook you want to be able to lift that that hook off the ground relatively quick and when you're saying fast action that means how fast it's your action is going to set the hook or not set the hook or move that bait on the line and then some of that does come down to the line you're using um like again this is what rejuvenated me fishing is the technicality of bass fishing um doesn't mean that what i fish i can't do on a medium pole if you're used to a medium pole you can get away with some of the stuff but as mike's gonna say it came with a lot of headaches you know he can fish jigs and stuff on a medium pole but he knows how his pole's going to react. So he, you know, what may be this for me is going to be this for him, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. you know, it's going to be two different styles of fishing that you're going to be coming across. Um, so I agree. I'm a big advocate for medium heavy. I love medium heavy. Um, my weaknesses on it are finesse. But at the same time, I can jump forward where frog fishing, I can get away with it. And a frog fishing, they say heavy pull. 
you're going to be fishing those weed lines. You're going to be fishing heavy matted grass. Um, so that, you know, you go heavy on those, but I can still do it on a medium heavy, you know? So I feel like that's a perfect medium. Um, and I did my, buy Mike a medium heavy pull because I'm trying to turn them over to the power fishing side. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's cut back just a little bit here. Um, all right. So we, we went over the, the rods and the reels and things like that, you know, medium, heavy, medium finesse, power fishing, things like that. Um, the next thing that we kind of need to get into, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, um, but fishing line most and and we were discussing this the other day most people typically go with monofilament i got a surprise for you on this but here's why i say that monofilament is the cheapest number one Uh number two you get the most bang for your buck People I do agree that, with you. People that don't jump in there and say, oh, you know, I, or people that jump in and say, oh, I don't want to spend 50 bucks on, you know, a spool of line, or I don't want to spend, you know, $80 between having braid and, and fluorocarbon and things like that. So, you know, I think that monofilament is the set standard for most people. It is the most common line that people use. I, I'm going to say this, and this is going to be a shocker for you because you probably thought, and we don't, we kind of get talking points kind of around before these, these podcasts. So we know, but a lot of this is, this is the first time Mike's heard this. It's not like we rehearsed this. So I know Mike's going to be shocked by this, but I totally agree with Mike on this. If you're going to be a first time fisher, monofilament, monofilament all the way. And trust me, I've, I have complained to him numerous times. Why the <laughs> hell are you using monofilament? <laughs> that is but, definitely just you saying that is a shocker alone. <laughs> right. Look, there is when it comes to line. I like again. I and I appreciate Mike saying that. I know a little bit. But I don't practice it as much as I preach it. Um, <laughs> I am a techie guy. I I am constantly researching stuff, but. When it comes to monofilament, yes, you're going to spend a ton, you're going to save a lot of money. You're going to end up getting a big real, a spool of this stuff. Um, and monofilament, even though you know we can get technical in it all, I can get technical in it all day long. Um, what what fluorocarbon? What uh, you have a colomolament? A co- co- I don't even know if I'm saying it. There is a mono a mono a monofilament uh, hybrid that's not quite fluorocarbon but it's not mono either it's a mixture of both really yeah there is a mixture of both it's c-o-l-o instead of m-o-n-o uh m-o-l-o um so cola tongue-tied on that but it's a mixture of both um but when it comes to day one fishing, if you're going to get it, monofilament is the best. So we, you know, like I said, we can dive into it. There are certain times that now I use mono. Um, mono floats. Um, it stretches. Um, it has high memory. Uh, so what I mean by memory is when you spool on that spool, 
and you let it set for like three weeks. You go back out there, you're gonna make that cast. You're gonna see like a corkscrew effect on your whole line because it holds that memory. Um, there is positives to it. Um, that the fact that if you have a breaching fish, a fish jumping out of the uh, out of the water and shaking its head, um, you keep a semi slack line or not a semi tight line on it, you're going to be able to keep that hook in its mouth. Uh, now there's downsides to it. Fishing bottom, you have a floating line. You know, it's going to want to float, float. So if you use a freaking weight on it, it's still going to stay the hell down. Um, but it's overall, like I said, with the medium heavy, it's it's the perfect middle line. If you're going to start, it's not going to break your bank. It's not going. It's not going to hurt you to keep replacing the line if you get a couple of snags or whatever. If you ruin your spool, it, you can line that pole again. You're going to get 600 yards for like maybe like under 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it's really good line to start with to you know and again if you find this this is something that's for you you can definitely dive into the other things and i do have pros and cons in all of them like you know you're gonna want to probably go oh well what about braid um again i go back to what kind of fishing are you going to be doing and we're going to say uh, and I, i'll bring it back up today we're going to really go dive in over the two perspective of finesse fishing and power fishing with worms off of one rig um there's a million rigs out there there's a million rigs out there different styles of fishing uh different baits to use but when it, we narrow it down to one what one rig can you use what one bait can you use and buy a different variety of colors for that one bait and different styles so maybe if I buy five bags of baits with that $150 you have after you buy everything else or you use utilize what you have already and get it, you're, you have one style of rig and bait that you're going to be using that can do multiple things. Worms are year-round. Um, but to give you a brief, a quick brief overline, mono floats. It's one of the only ones that flow. It has actually, uh, like, other than the hybrid line, it's two lines that float out of the four lines that are out there. Um, it has the most stretch. So that may be good in some instances where like a fish is breaching, but it's bad in the instance that you have no shock absorption of it. it um, if you give an instant shock on that line, um, it can absorb some of it. It's going to more likely going to break. You're going to realize that if you extend, um, remember D-Train saying uh, snap lines on a cast. Yeah. All right. That's because it has no shock absorption. All right. That instant weight to it is going to snap it. So stay within line of your of your of your cast. You don't want to be putting a half ounce a half ounce uh, or not, you know, a half ounce weight on mono on a medium pull that whip action you're going to get is giving it so much inertia you're going to you're going to shock the line and snap it it's going to go you're going to lose everything you just had um yeah. you know so there's times that you use that um the best times for using mono in my book area with top water baits i'm not going to use mono with a worm now we're going to say use mono with a worm but this is also your your day one you could use mono universally it, you know you're starting off and you gotta think like i said 50 years ago there was not really fluorocarbon and if it was out 
it was expensive, really expensive. So people were not using it. You can use mono bottom fishing. You have a weight on it. It's going to go to the bottom. The the weight versus the line is not over buoyancy or whatever that word is. It's not going to overpower that weight. Um, so you're going to be able to fish bottom. Yeah, um, absolutely. So now if you have some extra money to spare, I'll give you the brief online. If you ha if you live in a really weeded area, like let's say Florida, you have a lot of weeds. It may be good to go with braid with a mono leader or fluorocarbon leader. Uh, the reason why is mono is stretching, so that's good also on hook set. So um, you're not ripping the, a large hole in the mouth of, of the mouth of the fish. If you rip a large hole, what good is the burr on a hook? The moment they shake their head, they're going to lose that hook. Right. I've lost a lot of fish doing that, setting the hook way too hard. And we'll go into the hook sets later. There's times that you don't go oh, like a saltwater fish. You're not jerking that, that pole back. It's more of nose down, reel in the slack, ease into the line and that will set your hook all the time with ewg hooks but we'll go into those videos later um yeah we definitely have intentions on you know working more towards into the amateur and then the you know i wouldn't say professional because we're not professionals but you know we've got your beginner we've got your amateur and 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 so on and so forth so you know we'll be kind of diving into a lot of those real detailed uh, parts of line and and you know what weight you can use what weight you sh when you should use it when you shouldn't use it things like that so um yeah, this video is just day one yeah and and a good a, a good basic starter for that i and and you might you might differ for uh from me on this one a good starter for me would be about 12 pound test mm -hmm. um it's thin enough to where I don't think it's going to cause casting issues, but it's still enough power to be able to, you know, I mean, let's face it, nine times out of 10, you're not going to catch, you know, anything over 10 pounds. That's something, I, I that, hear you. that's something that most people strive for in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of YouTubers out there that right now that they, they haven't even caught anything over eight or nine pounds that's their personal best so you know a good uh solid starter would be uh 12 pounds pb stands for personal best yep uh a good <laughs> starter would be 12 pound monofilament that's something that is pretty universal um you can use it in salt water you can use it in fresh water it really doesn't matter um but that's you know you can pick that up for here's a price right here two bucks two bucks i think you get like 250 or 300 yards for two dollars so um maybe may even only be like 200 yards i don't know but uh for two bucks you can pick that up obviously with tax whatever your state tax is uh sales tax um moving on from there um the the most standard rig in the industry because we've kind of we've gone back do what uh, i'll be back okay i gotta fix my computers there's some there's something wrong with the plug-in ah uh so Go so going through this you know 
if you're going to finesse fish, go with worms, things like that. If you're going to power fish, then obviously you can start using all those different other types of baits. I would start as if, as as working with finesse. And I'm maybe I'm a little bit biased because I'm a finesse guy, but it is much easier to start as a finesse person. Um, hook sizes, there are a hundred different styles of hooks. There are a, a bunch of different types of uh, sizes and things like that. The standard hook that you would uh, work finesse fishing, uh, and we'll talk about the rig here in a second, uh, I would say is probably a 2 aught or a 3 aught or even up to a 4 aught uh, offset worm hook. I'd say 3. I'd say three is just is pretty standard. That's a good size. That's what I typically use, um, unless I run out of three and then I have to jump up to four. Um, but yeah, I'd say a three aught offset worm hook is a good place to start. As far as picking them up, you can get a bag of. I want to say, how many can you get? Like eight, eight or ten in a bag. Or... Well, that depends on what kind of hook you're buying. If you're going to buy eagle claw, you're going to get like a dozen of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not gonna need to go out. I mean, like, look, if you if you're not sure about this hobby and like you got 150 dollars to spare just to even see if you're gonna do it, maybe once a month, twice a month, or even more, um, you know, buy the eagle claws. Don't don't be shy and away well, from it. And and in all honesty, there's nothing wrong with them. You know, we we're we're fortunate enough that we have a Bass Pro Shop uh, here in Southwest Florida. Um, the last time I was there, I picked up all my sizes, my one aught, two aught, three aught, and four aught hooks. I bought the Bass Pro brand, and they were like, I forget how much they were. It was like, I want to say that one of the packs that I bought was like 25 hooks for four or five bucks, which is a really good deal, especially at Bass Pro Shops. Um, but yeah, a three, three aught offset worm hook pretty standard um and then we'll we'll kind of go over this a little bit on the quicker side i know uh you know as far as timing and stuff like that we're we're uh, uh, screw timing we got enough time to talk <laughs> we're we're running over our time limit there um so as as far as uh your standard rig the texas rig the texas rig is the most standard rig that you will use pretty much in all of freshwater fishing um, yes and it is year round and it is year round and exactly. you're going to be able to use that thing for multiple ways and like, we want to dive into that a little bit uh okay so again mike's a finesse fisher he's going to the bottom he's using that worm you know he's going to be popping it in and out of the weeds um but there's times that like you, you may be fishing you know and i'm talking with the mindset hey i have uh so and so reel that i bought it may be a medium maybe a medium heavy and i'm using mono so if i'm using mono um there's some positive sides of nano it holds a knot really well so if you use the right knot i use a improved clinch um majority of the time majority of the time is something i'm used to it's so it's my first knot that i ever learned and and just ended up coming back to it because i'm comfortable with it um you know, I use, I'm more of a fisher that can't, I, 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 I guess I have ADD. 
fish in the bottom and like I kind of want to keep moving it and you do you do want to keep moving it uh but i'm more comfortable with just constantly reeling and maybe dropping it for a second a couple of pops and then moving along and maybe dropping it for a second what we call dead stick in the future um it's just cast it out you reel stop and that bait's gonna flutter down oh, yeah. and I might pick back up real fast because different different actions are not simulated you know you're you're kind of triggering that bass reaction they may be looking at a bait and then like should i eat it should i not and then all of a sudden you go fast and their instincts kick in um <laughs> so you know i'm more of a moving bait kind of person than finesse finessing um but mike uses a uh, zoom finesse worm majority of the time uh don't shy away from paddle bait you know or curly tail uh worms uh, we're gonna hit worms because when you hit when you go to a texas rig it's kind of simple free line that hook you put it all right if you got your line throw a hook weight on it bam weight tie your hook bam you're set up and yeah. that's as, as simple as it gets yeah that's that's pretty much it when it comes to having a setup and you're ready to go you're ready to hit the water all you got to do is throw the worm on there and and we'll get into you know we want to do some videos and things like that of uh how to do some rigging and 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 i'm sure ron can actually throw a tip out there uh for uh actually on our youtube of how to rig up a texas rig um that's not something that we can really uh talk about talk about because it's more of a visual um, but the Texas rig, you can Google it if you want to. You can YouTube it. There's hundreds of videos out there. Ron, I'm sure, will have something out there here soon of uh, showing you how to rig be the next rig. video. It may <laughs> be the next video. Um, but, yeah, First YouTube. Uh, the Texas rig is the most standard of all the rigs that uh, you will use in this, you know, hobby. Um, and a, a lot of people's, you know, this is, this is their livelihood, you know, this for me and Ron, this is, this is it. Fishing is our thing. This is what we do. You know, we have other things that we like to do. You know, I'm a musician, Ron likes to carve wood and things like that. So, you know, but fishing, we know we can come together. We know we can discuss it. We know that, you know, we have differences, finesse, power fishing, you know, medium heavy versus medium shit like that. So um but yeah as, as far as your standard rig texas rig is definitely the standard so um utilize it i think we're going to have more enjoyment out there with the texas rig <clears throat> because even though we've talked about gear so far of what we've kind of gotten away from because we've been invested more money into right yeah you know but when it comes down to it regardless of pull reel and line we still use the Texas rig on a daily. I have one of my 12 poles. <laughs> 30, 30 poles, not 12, 30. Okay. Okay. I still have several Texas rigs. It is still one of those arsenals that slay at certain styles of fishing. And, and, and I wanted to get into the fact that you could use that Texas rig so many ways. Um, you, if you're going to finesse worm and what we mean a finesse worm, it, it's a, a thick worm tapers down in the back and then either tapers back up to the original size. 
um, that's more of your finesse style. Uh, and they're usually between five to eight inches long and sometimes longer. I do have longer baits. I have 13, I have 14 inch baits. Um, <laughs> We're not going to get into that. <laughs> but if it's under four inches, that is not a finesse worm. It is a finesse bait, but it's not a finesse worm. You're not going to want to hook that. And and by the way, to to cut you off here for a second, Billy said I'm old Greg. <laughs> old Greg. I'm old Greg. <laughs> I'm old Greg. Um, but yeah. But yeah, he's up in Maine. I keep telling him he needs a fish. He finally got himself a uh, spin and pull. I've been. Uh, he needs to actually get in touch with me some more so I can give him some more pointers on this. But if you're watching this video, keep watching the video. I'm gonna go on it uh, to hit onto it that's a finesse worm i would use again that is a it's not exactly a slow bait it's a slower moving bait you want to present that in a different manner um you know if if you live where you have rocks uh, and other things that's great to finesse it if you have grass um there may be a different style maybe using a paddle tail uh will come in handy um the nice thing with a paddle tail worm is that you can use it two ways you can fish the bottom but you can also pop it up and fish it where it's kicking that tail out it's doing one of these um you if you're fortunate enough to have clear water and you see there's grass pockets you can pop that bait and swim in middle column and oh there's a hole my bait's right over the hole dead stick it let it drop down into that hole. Yeah. Pop back up and swim again. That that that's triggering that instinct of that fish. So if there's a fish there, they might they may hit it on the fall. They may wait and see. Like I've seen that sucker before. I know. And then they're like, whoa, squirrel. <laughs> it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> and they hit it. You know. So um, and there's times also use the curly tail. You know, I am a. Uh, I do have finesse baits. I do have a lot of the, the zoom trick worms. Um, I also have a couple of uh, tail. If I'm using a tail, if it has a curl on it or a paddle on it, I'm moving that bait more than I'm dragging that bait. Those ones that have a tapered tail on it, you're dragging. You're more doing less movement, more uh, like movement as up and down or across the middle column as more of maybe doing a couple pops and you're dragging pops and dragging pops and you know that's a finesse style um i'm I, i'd rather keep casting and just cover more water um not necessarily getting every bite but i might get that one that's really triggered by my bait um so i cover a lot of water doing that you know and that's my style yeah for sure but that that I think that's why we we pair so well is we have two different avenues of fishing. You know, we're you're, on this channel, you're definitely not going to see one point of view. Um, you're probably going to see more of like a football team, one team versus the other, and Mike is one side and I'm the other, <laughs> and we're going to be advocating for each strongly. My way is better than your way. Anything I can do, you can do better. I can do better than you. Anything Absolutely. you can do, my bad. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, I said that's we, totally wrong, but yeah, backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we definitely have a um, you know a, a natural. We're both veterans. Um, we have a natural, I guess, uh, sense of sportsmanship towards each other. Um, you know, we're we're constantly not trying to 
best the other one, but we're always in competition with each other. Um, we're always dogging each other. Yeah. Don't don't listen to him. Yeah. We're always dogging each other. Yeah, yeah. Always dogging each other. Oh, yeah. He yeah. knows I got a kid and can't go fishing. He's still <laughs> bragging about how many fish he's catching. I'm like, well, I can't go fishing right now. <laughs> but yeah, we're. But it's a friendly sport, uh, you know. And I encourage that. Go out and have fun. If you if you're by yourself. <clears throat> And you can't you don't have that person that kind of picks on you maybe try to beat your yesterday's record you know i mean you could build a competition on anything and again when it comes down to fishing go out and have fun you know you don't always have to catch a fish to have fun um the reason why i stick with it's, it even it's, more the for the kid, it's the experience it's the experience now that i have a kid and now that i'm married and have a kid there's time mowing the grass and fishing are the two peace and quiets I get. <laughs> I enjoy the living hell out of them. <laughs> I, well, that's... There's nothing better than seeing the sun rise or sunset when I get the chance to go out and fish. And even though, and I do want to talk about some Okeechobee there. All right. We'll, we'll, I'm going to divert right into Okeechobee. You can ask him. All right. Every morning. And every night we're out at Okeechobee. Guess what? We, we come back off oh of seven, God. eight hours on the boat. And guess what I was doing? Fishing. All right. I'm like, they're like, well, why would you rest? Like, dude, I don't get much time out of the house. I'm going fishing. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. I know there was, um, you know, we had fun. It was a good time. I definitely can't deny that. You know, we had some technical issues with the boat. Uh, which was a little disappointing, um, but aside, we, have, we we rented a boat. Neither of us. I mean, he's got a John boat, and I got a kayak. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we we rented the boat. We had some issues with it. We were a little disappointed with that. The other thing was, nobody caught a fish the whole weekend. My dad it was oversight. My dad, my dad caught one gar, and I had one on the line, and it came off at the last second. And that was it the entire time. Ron had a couple of bites here and there. Nothing. And that Nothing. was disappointing enough because we, you know, kind of fancy ourselves as a little bit of, of mentors as far as, you know, like what we're doing right now with the beginner's tackle box and things like that. Um, when we can't go out and catch fish, what does that say to the people that we are trying to teach? So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not that, you know, we suck at fishing or that, you know, we have problems or, or, you know, we're just not good or anything like that. It's just a matter of the time of the year, the, the moon cycle, the bar the, bar the barometric pressure, you know, all those different types of factors, they do factor in. It's real. It's not just, oh, the, well, that's bullshit. I can go out there and catch fish anytime I want. No, you really can't. You have to focus on water. that stuff. Exactly. It's not salt water. It is that small town. So Now, I will, I will say that, you know, we had some oversight on this. All right. There was some oversight. We had some flash rates and started off. But we had our very first podcast video talking about the summer heat, you know, in the summer months. And we're like, well, let's go out and try this. So we spent a ton of money, not a ton, but our broke asses spent a ton of money on going out and, and having a weekend. And we wanted to have a follow-up video and talk about what we just talked about in the last video. So our, you know, we're more focused on that than 
and and the oversight was cut you know is because of that we were like all right we just did this dog days of summer uh let's go out and practice it well, let's get you some video and some coverage of that now none of that video is worth a damn by the way <laughs> no we not worth a damn we didn't even record that's how embarrassing yeah, it, it that was, was it was horrible it yeah. was horrible yeah but the oversight <laughs> is we went to the biggest lake in florida okeechobee right you know united states known all right it is a big bass environment um if you're not too familiar with florida um okeechobee is being drained right now it's high flood seasons they're draining it okeechobee may have one foot two foot waves on almost any given day um but it's only nine feet deep uh that that particular weekend at most in certain areas it was 14 feet but on yeah. average, I think they say it's anywhere from 9 to 12. Yeah. So it's not really deep, but it's so large, it, it, it makes large waves because of the wind and, and, and everything. So it's a really choppy lake. It can be really choppy. And we've known that because we brought it out on the on the John boat and fish and had great luck. Uh, and there's times we had no luck. Uh, what, like I said, the oversight was we were more excited about putting out a video of what we just talked about and we didn't think about what's going on right now in Okeechobee um, and mix that with the troubles of a boat that we got from a highly reputable company that just turned out to be not what we expecting. Um, we're not going to name that, um, but we came out of clues then, let's just say. Um, it it was it turned out to be bad the oversight is they're draining and everything's coming down so the north side of the lake was better the water is murky it's hard for them to see you know i mean there are people out there i will say this there are youtubers you know out there right now that are going out there and catching three or four pound bass out on okeechobee they're on the right side of the lake they're on the correct side of the lake they are yeah. on they are in an area where they can go and do that um you know where and and there are a couple of youtubers that actually went out and caught you know bass at uh in the area that we were fishing in too um you know but not as much not, <laughs> not as much i w i will say as a north north lake right you know, okay, they were draining. It's draining south. Okay, as the floodwaters go on, they have a whole bunch of locks. And as the flood, as the waters level uh, like rise in Lake Okeechobee, they drain them out. Um, last year that we, or last time, not last year, last time that we went out, we had to wait for them to raise us up to the water level that's in Okeechobee to be released into the water. Um, this time, the gates are just wide the hell open. Um, so that left, literally, if you were to cut it from six or three to nine nine o'clock on the clock that whole waterway was it's dark we i mean you take a pearl white bait you had three feet of visibility or not three inches of visibility my my three foot marker i have a i have a green light that's about 1100 or more lumens that you can throw in the water and as soon as it hits the water green green light we couldn't even bear it looked like a candle in four feet of water um barely that's even, how barely even four feet i i would say you know probably i mean you were lucky if you could start seeing it at three 
Yeah, it was really bad visibility. And you, yeah. I think these fish are, you know, visibility in Florida mostly is not the greatest. We're not, we're not, we're not crystal clear waters down here. Um, on average, you got about a foot of visibility. Um, and we'll go into matching the hatch and color and keeping with the color. And you're like, oh, let's throw a white. No, you keep with the color of your water. But at the same time, visibility does be, it play a big difference. This time of the year, this these fish are moving north because that's where the clear water is. They can't even see the bait in front of their face. Three inches, this big. This is this is as far as I drop a a bright white bait and I lost it in this much water. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah. They couldn't even see what's in front of their face. We weren't catching stuff. And then mix that with the boat problems that we had. Our our, moat, our boat couldn't trim, so we couldn't get into the shallow waters where we know they're at. And if it wasn't bad enough that we couldn't get into the shallow waters, they can't see the bait. So that was the overlook on us. Um, well, we should have went on a different <clears throat> point. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't want to just sit here and come up with a bunch of excuses or anything like that. We suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we did, we did have some issues. You know, we, we intend, we definitely intend on going back. Um, you know, maybe next time we'll have our own boat so that we can get up in those shallow waters, especially during the summertime when they're, you know, looking for that oxygen and things like that. Um, you know, into those weed lines and under those lilies and, you know, where the shade is. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, we, we had a good time overall. Um, it wasn't bad. You know, we had good dinners and things like that, had a couple of drinks. And uh, overall, overall, definitely, you know, would, would definitely stay at the place that we stayed at again. Um, had no issues with that. Definitely. It was a nice little place. Um, aside from that, you know, just over, over again, overall, just had a really good time. So um, Would not run another boat there, though. Yeah, would not rent another boat there. No. But, no. Uh, yeah, aside from that, um, that's pretty much all we have for this week's episode. Um, you know, we, we, we went over everything. We covered everything as far as the beginner's tackle box. If anybody has any questions, obviously they can leave us a comment. They can, you know, message us if they want to. Our email is on our website. You can go to www.pbbaits.com. That's P B B A I T Z. Dot com. We are also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can drop us a line anywhere you want to. Um, we will answer you. We may not be able to get to you right away. We do have day jobs and we do have regular lives, but we will do our best to get back to you. Um, aside from that, that's all we that's all we really have for tonight. So, Ron, I as always, I appreciate you coming on and and. Uh, I got a couple of things though. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on uh, we are uh, we have a public page on tackle your personal best on Facebook. Uh, yes. If you have any questions, if you have any questions, you have ideas. This is a page to post your your big fish. If you catch something, I don't care where you are, and in that that may be the personal best of your day, maybe the personal best of your life, or maybe the personal best of your week or month. Uh, post that. Um, if you have a funny meme, share it. If you have comments of what you want to see next, um, we'll try to incorporate that. Leave us a message on there. I mean, um, if you have an idea for a video, it, let us know what you want to see. Uh, we'll try to we'll try to bring up some information for you. Uh, definitely, I would be down. <laughs> Ask me questions. 
I look for him. I, I love researching, so I will I will research whatever the heck you want. He loves um, talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely re-research what you want. So definitely um, that tackle your personal best page uh, for us is a public page. You can put whatever you want on there. Uh, be free to message whatever you want. We look at it daily. We look at it constantly, and I will research whatever you want, uh, possibly make a video of it or i will mention it in the next video um other than that we have a facebook page follow it instagram page follow it uh if you want to continue on with knowing what we're going to come out with the next content uh we plan on doing a youtube channel here soon um we're just starting up on this um mike has got the podcast guy he's the technology guy i'm the research guy um so for me to come out with it, I'm soon going to be coming out with uh, YouTube videos. I'm a nerd. <laughs> and I'm a nerd in fishing. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be coming out with some more uh, podcasts every two weeks. It uh, gives us time to kind of take your guys' input and what you guys want to see, research, and come up with a video. Um, the, the YouTube videos I'm going to try to keep in line with what we're talking in podcasts i will eventually be doing rigs setups polls lines everything you want you guys want to listen to uh so if you guys have questions again bring them to us it'll give me ideas of what to put out for you guys and what you guys want to hear other yeah, than that absolutely uh the last thing that i wanted to put in here was a, a special shout out and a thank you to d train over at uh, digital 410 uh, he is the one that produces, um, well, I mean, technically I produce the show, but he is the one that has gracefully put us on his network. Um, you can go check shirt. him. <laughs> you can go check him out at uh, d-410.com. You can also go check us out at pbbaits.d-410.com. Uh, all of our episodes are on there. Uh, you can, you know, comment and things like that. You can also read our about. Uh, whatever you want to do. So uh, check out those websites, check us out on our social media, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a good night. Yep. Peace.